Hey, Rarecast listeners, the rare disease community is full of people who inspire us through innovation, compassion, and a relentless spirit to affect positive change. Global Genes is now accepting nominations for the 2019 Rare Champion of Hope Awards. Help us identify individuals, organizations, and collaborations in your community that have made an impact in advocacy, treatment, or technology. Please help us identify people who deserve recognition for the exceptional work they do. To learn more or submit a nomination, go to globalgenes.org forward slash rare champions. That's globalgenes.org forward slash rare champions. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. April 29th is Undiagnosed Rare Disease Day. It's a day when advocates raise awareness among the general public and policymakers about the emotional, physical, and financial impacts living with an undiagnosed rare disease has on patients and their families. Ahead of this year's Undiagnosed Rare Disease Day, we spoke with Ava Zanuck, an 11-year-old undiagnosed rare disease patient and advocate about what it's like living with an undiagnosed condition, how it impacts her daily life, and the work she's done as an advocate. Ava, thanks for joining us. It's my pleasure. Ahead of Undiagnosed Rare Disease Day, we thought we'd talk to you about your own journey as someone living with an undiagnosed rare disease what that's like for someone your age to experience, and your work as an advocate. Perhaps you can begin with your own story. When did you and your family first realize you had a medical condition? Well, it started when I was three years old, along with my autonomic neuropathy, my red hands, and my red skin. And then it went on through three and four, and the autonomic neuropathy kept getting worse and worse. And then when I was six, I hit my head, and that started my whole journey through the four cranial brain surgeries and everything on. Your mother, Gina, founded RUN, the Rare and Undiagnosed Network. Not only do you have an undiagnosed condition, but your mom and two siblings also have undiagnosed conditions as well. What have all of you gone through in search of a diagnosis? Can you give listeners a sense of what your family has done to find answers? Well, quite a lot of things, actually. Even though we don't have an overall diagnosis for our complex family, we've been to nine institutions in six different states. We've had our exome and genome sequenced and analyzed multiple times, yet we still have no root cause of our disease process. Help listeners understand what a typical day is like for you. How does your condition uh, affect your ability to get through the day? Well, it, um, some days, like I said, it's it's hard to move with my pain. Other days, it's minor and annoying and dull. But and like today, it it just it flared and like it was enhanced from my usual days. My usual days, at least 
something every day is hurting, at least one thing is hurting, either it's dull or like very flaring up, and um, some days it's just too much, like today, like I wanted to stay home from school, and I missed 18 days this year, and that sucked, because I love school, and I love my friends, and I love everybody that goes to my school, so it, it pains me to see that I can't go, but I just, I, I try to push through most of the time. I understand you're also an artist. Does art help you manage your condition in any way? Yes. It is very calming for me to just let go and draw and forget about everything that's happening in my life. It, it's it's very relaxing. It, it really helps. Sometimes it even dulls the pain for me because I focus on what I'm doing. And, and what kind of art do you do? Do you draw? Do you paint? Do you do other things? Um, I like to use colored pencils, sketches, and with um, some micron pens with um, outlining it. I, ma- I make some pretty cool art. I don't paint that much, but um, I-, I just painted yesterday a birthday present for my friend Margot. What do you like to draw? I love to draw, um, surprisingly, furries. I like to draw, like, animals and sometimes people. Like, I just got some skin cu- skin tone copic markers that I'm using. And I, I sometimes I draw landscapes if there's, like, little animals and, and a little bit of it. I like to draw cartoony things, not that much of realistic, but yeah. You've now had multiple brain surgeries. Why have you had to undergo these procedures? Well, um, the first two cranial brain surgeries were external drains, which did not work. The third most serious surgery was my cyst fenestration, which was also unsuccessful. The fourth one was when I received my shunt, which is what is keeping me alive today. And for people not familiar with a shunt, what is a shunt and, and what is it supposed to do? Well, a shunt is a plastic device that takes the CSF fluid from my brain and drains it down to my abdomen. What's it like for you on a day-to-day basis dealing with your illness? Is it something you have to deal with every day? Is it something that comes and goes? On some days, I have minor, almost gone level pain. Others, I have piercing agony in which it is hard to even move. It's off and on most of the time, but I twice had a headache that lasted weeks. How does that affect your ability to attend school or participate in after-school activities? I attend school most of the time, but I recently missed 18 days of school. I also only got to play basketball for the junior jazz and had to quit swim team due to my sickness. It can be tough at times, but I have a strong mindset. What about your relationship with other kids? Are you able to socialize with classmates the way other kids in your school might? Yes, I am able to talk with other peers as casually as other kids do. I am high-functioning, and I have a lot of friends. They support me in every aspect of life, thankfully. I know you've gotten to know some other kids who also have undiagnosed rare disease. Some of these Older ones who you've made friends with have have become role models for you. What have you been able to learn from them? I have learned that perseverance is key and to love the world even if you have a hard time.
They have all changed my perspective of my disease process. How have they changed your perspective? What have they helped you to see or understand? Like, um, they, they helped me see that the world isn't all dark and, like, I, I still have hope for living, like, when I was in the hospital and I was going to die. So that, that really helped. Not having a name to give your condition, I imagine, is not only frustrating, but can create a number of problems. Did you ever find adults, teachers, or kids didn't believe you when you said you weren't feeling well? Yes, definitely. When we were going to get sent home from the ER, they didn't believe me or my mother, typical to someone with no diagnosis. I then started to gradually go blind with papilledema, and that's when they finally believed me. What's that like to be in severe pain or have a serious problem and not have someone believe you? Um, well, it, it feels like no one will help you. Like, they, they can't do anything, but they, won't, they, they, can, they should be able to give you hope and compassion. And they didn't even comfort me in that time. So they just sort of, in a way, ignored my disease process, thinking that it was just fake. You're the oldest of, of three siblings, all of whom have undiagnosed rare diseases. Do you feel you're able to help or, or comfort your siblings in any way? Do you offer them support or, or guidance? I feel as though I can take a little bit of my siblings' burden off their shoulders and transfer it to mine, giving them less worry and stress over their complicated lives. Do they ever come to you with problems? Sometimes, yes. I, Since I am one of the worst of my family, along with my mom and my brother, because he missed 50% of the school year last year, and... um. Yeah, they come to me like, how do you do this? How? I mean, I just say, you got to stick to the bright side. you got to, even though it's like really hard, you just, you have to keep going. You're 11 years old, but despite your youth, you've spoken before lawmakers. What did you want lawmakers to understand about people who have an undiagnosed rare condition? I want them to understand that we are here. We need to be helped. Our problem isn't getting smaller, it's getting bigger day by day. So many of us have rare diseases and undiagnosed diseases that can't be cured, but they're not even trying to help. Tell me a little about your advocacy work. How does it make you feel to be able to do that? It makes me feel really good to be able to represent, to be a, like an, an idol, an icon for all those children who have to live with the same case as me, like their disease processes and everything like that. It, it really, it really enlightens my heart to be like, to ha to be so powerful to be, to like speak about my disease process and actually make a change. Do you hear from other rare disease patients when you do that? Well, I mean, I have friends in the, in the rare and undiagnosed community and yeah they do they they um they think that it's really cool for me to be doing this at only 11 can't imagine what i'll be doing when i'm older why do you think it's important for other patients to speak out and explain 
even if they're as young as you are, what it's like to go through the things that you go through. To get help, to like be able to speak about their problems and to try and get help even if it won't help. I mean, you don't just mope in a room and be like, oh, I'm, I don't have any hope. You have to go out there and try and do something, like try and get an answer. That's what I think I'm trying to put out there. And what kind of a response do you get from lawmakers when you speak? Um, yeah, Representative Lee Perry said that I did great, and I personally think I did. But um, uh, it, it was really cool to be on the floor, and um, all, some of the other representatives also um, reached out and said that how well I, how well I did. And my mom definitely com- compliments me a lot, more than I deserve, because she's an awesome person. She's much better than me at speaking. This was the Utah State Legislature you were speaking at? Yes. I understand that that day you spoke, you were not feeling well. I, I know today you were out from school and, and under the weather, and, and yet you still kept our appointment. What's it like to push yourself when you're not feeling well? It feels, um, it's hard sometimes, but I try to keep with the light and not with the dark. I mean, because I want to live this life as full as I can. And I, I just, perseverance is key, like I said in the speech. And um, it's, it's really, it, it feels good to, to just be able to vent sometimes. Sometimes it, it feels really good. And um, I, I feel like pushing myself will help with um, everyday struggles and everything like that. I had a chance to read a speech you recently gave to medical school students. Uh, I'm not sure if they were prepared for what you had to say, but you had some tough words for doctors. What did you want them to understand? They need to know that we need answers. A lot of us are tired of living in the unknown. The generation can help us if they are willing. I want them to have compassion. And what effect do you hope your words will have on, on these young doctors? To have kindness and listen to their patients' problems. Doctors couldn't even imagine what we've been through, so I don't want them to not believe us and what we have to say. Let us have a voice and not not have one. As a patient, has that been a problem for you, that you've come across doctors you found weren't compassionate or, or didn't listen to you? Many times, just like if they're not believing you. They are like treating you as just another patient who... Just they get 15 minutes and then they're done with you. But that's not what being a doctor is. Some doctors are so focused on learning the system and being like, like learning everything and they don't take time to stop and listen to their patients' problems and try to um, out-complicate them and like un-puzzle them. It's just very frustrating at times. I know you've had some bad experiences with doctors, do you have a, a regular one that you see? Yes, Dr. Carter, a pediatrician, he helps with my brother and my sister and me. He even sometimes talks with my mom just to help figure out her stuff. He's one of the kindest doctors we've ever had. What's different about his approach than the doctors you've had negative experiences with? He's very calming. He, he really helps us, and he doesn't ignore us. He doesn't 
treat us treat us like just another patient. He really takes time to listen to us, and he's very sweet to us. He's he's very compassionate. He's what I call a real doctor. Undiagnosed Rare Disease Day is April 29th. Do you have any plans to mark the day? Yes, actually. Our governor declared April 29th here in Utah, and we plan to celebrate with a few of our undiagnosed families. We also have friends in Italy that have gotten approval for the Siri Tower and the Bell Tower in Canara to be lit up for the Undiagnosed Rare Disease Day. They will be lighted in pink on April 29th as a part of Light a Monument Project through Universal Mankind, which we think is pretty cool. Ava Zanuck, Undiagnosed Rare Disease Patient and Advocate. Ava, thanks so much for your time today. You're welcome. It was great. Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The BioReport, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com.